give a warm welcome to a slow roll virgin, Olivia Moore. Hi, I'm Liv. This is a song that I wrote about two people that I have gotten to know recently. They love each other desperately, but they can't seem to stop hurting each other. So you heard from some folks that I ain't been true. I guess you still get gossip in the clink. It happened on one night as full of soco and lime When a pretty boy bought me a drink And he said, darling, you're too pretty to be sad And I said, mister, I needed to hear that real bad you're listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. My name is Robin, and I have zombie questions. I wrote them down. There are a few pages. <laughs> I'm Stephanie, and in spite of how I sound, I am not in the least bit country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, we have our guest here with us today. Uh, welcome back to the show, Will. Uh, hello, everybody. I'm like sex hired a PR firm. <laughs> Uh, right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> well, now we know what you're here for. Uh, just spread the pheromones around. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, welcome back to the show. I'm looking forward to hearing more from you since the last time you were on was when uh, Raul Coley was here. So yeah, I was expecting a celebrity to be on this time, but you know, <laughs> just us. Yeah. We're podcast. You guys are celebrities. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're net, internet famous. Internet famous, yeah. What's our net worth? <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Let's get into the news. <laughs> um, so there's a. Uh, let me just get into the ratings real quick. Uh, we got, we're up to a point six, which is yeah. uh, one point forty seven million viewers. Um, so looking at our last three episodes, uh, Grumpy was 0.7, Bro was 0.5, Housewife was 0.5, and now we're back up to 0.6. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. So, Trending up. Yes. Yeah. It was a disturbing article written by TV by the numbers that I uh, looked at, and it said, it's currently a toss-up whether the show is going to be renewed or canceled in May. Um, Vampire Diaries gets identical ratings, but they've passed that 80-episode syndication mark, so they'd at least get one more season. You know, they're they're kind of like a they're kind of like a big deal, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and they got a spinoff on the same. You know, iZombie isn't uh, you know close to that 80-episode syndication mark, of course. Um, nor has it been picked up for a full season, so. It's a toss-up, they said, and uh, you know I'm going to keep. We're going to keep our eye on the ratings here on the show and keep you updated. Um, and I was talking to our uh, friend of the show, Kevin Batchelder, about it today, kind of down in the dumps, and he was like, "It's way too early to think about that." Um, I actually copied what he said here. He said, "The CW has been very supportive of its shows, especially if they have an interactive social media following and critical praise like iZombie does." So. Yeah, I mean, nobody watches Supernatural. The only people that watch Supernatural are 15-year-old girls. So <laughs> There's good ratings for Supernatural, though, no matter what. 
Really? Yeah. I thought they had low ratings. They're not like Vampire Diaries slash high zombie ratings, I guess. I don't know. Did you guys follow the TV Grim Reaper on Twitter? No, no. no He's uh, the guy that used to do the Council Bear account. Oh, so I thought... Does, I, no, I followed him. At yeah, window. I didn't too. know he was... Yeah, I think different. he sold that. He sold that, but he says that I Zombies likely to be renewed. Yay! According to I his index, confident it will. Yeah. Well, the bear was nice to us last season, and turns out, you know, hey, we we got renewed. So, <laughs> um, all right, I'll have to have to start following that account because you know I'm just kind of obsessed of like you know don't give me bad news, don't give me bad news. We're we want to keep this going, you know. Yeah. Um, so I have faith in the CW. Yeah. And as fans, you know, we just folks, you know, you want to keep tweeting and Facebooking, uh, the show and, you know, the CW, their accounts, their, their official accounts, just, you know, tell them how much you love the show. And, you know, they, they listen to that stuff and, uh, let's see what else. Oh, uh, I saw on Twitter today that uh, they're filming. They were filming today, and from the looks of uh, the the photos, it looks like it's their Christmas episode. Mm. I think it's like, uh, I think IMDb called it How Did the Zombie Save Christmas or something like that. (laughs) It was like really a Christmassy title, A Very Zombie Christmas, I, I forget. Um, but I was wondering because uh, they didn't have a, a Halloween episode, no. so I was wondering what kind of holiday yeah. uh, episode they would have. I was really expecting them to have a Halloween episode, but maybe they just decided that they did that with the pilot, and you know they never really did a Christmas episode, so I guess they were going to get a Christmas episode. Okay. Uh, but Rose did say that she said she is filming her favorite fight scene yet. In that episode, so looking forward to that very much. Um, I did do some live tweeting and for this episode, but I swear I'm going to start like live tweeting during the commercials because I'll be watching the show and then type something automatically and then miss what's going on in the episode. All right. Like someone asked uh, Raul Coley on Twitter, like, what would you, what would your superpower, what would you like your superpower to be? And he said to be able to live tweet this sh- and to the show and like, watch it at the same time. Uh-huh. It's really hard. I don't know how people do it. Um, but one awesome thing, I feel like I affected the universe in some way. Um, somebody asked Malcolm Goodwin, um, if he's what he's going to be for Halloween, and he said, "I don't know. I'm either going to be Jelly Belly, <laughs> or I'm going to be Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon." <laughs> and no. I, I mean, of course, well, you know how much I love that movie. Sure enough, <laughs> I immediately uh, tweeted him. I was like, "I was like, dude, it's it's The Last Dragon's 30th anniversary this year. You got to be Bruce Leroy. I vote Bruce Leroy." And he actually tweeted back. He's like, "That's it. Uh, the decision's made. It's the 30th anniversary. I'm going to be Bruce Leroy." So I was uh-huh. like, "Yay!" Awesome. <laughs> so uh, saw Rahul said he was going to be the guy from Last of Us. Oh yeah, the one yeah, the character yeah, really got the beard. Oh, he's got a beard. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's. I he said something about like responding to somebody saying like what would happen if uh, Ravi ever got turned into a, uh, a zombie. He said it. He said he'd hate it because he'd look like Colonel Sanders, <laughs> <With his facial laughs> hair, all white. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I just also wanted to mention we got a couple more iTunes reviews. Keep those coming, folks, because we really, really appreciate it. Um, all, only good ones, of course. If you have bad ones, uh, feel free to send it into the corrections department. That's uh, actually gets redirected uh, through iZombiePodcast at gmail.com right into the corrections department. And, uh, you know, then we'll, we'll screen those. But the reviews, we just want five stars. We want, like, good thoughts. Okay, so um, here's a couple. Uh, Matt A2K. Uh, I think that's our friend Matt A. Um, wrote the real iZombie podcast, except no substitutes. This is the real iZombie podcast with the always delightful Robin and Steph. Give it a listen already. <laughs> so he's, you know, kind of grabbing the person that maybe perusing the different podcasts and, you know, telling them, listen, give it a listen. Anyway. Um, thank you, Matt A. Thank you, Matt A. I have been drinking too much coffee. Next uh, review is. <laughs> Uh, from Harry in Chicago, he says, Outstanding podcast. Robin and Steph do a great job covering iZombie. Hit subscribe and pass the hot sauce. <laughs> so, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, if you, you write a review, we'll read it on the show. And, uh, except, you know, if it's a bad one, then we'll probably not read it. So, sorry. We're not going to get any bad ones. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe after this episode. The guy needs to, like, maybe take it down on the caffeine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, a little more caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into the episode. The episode uh, was called Even Cowgirls Get the Black and Blues, written by... Did you know... Oh, I'm sorry. Let's <laughs> go ahead. Did you know there's a movie that has the same name? Because I tried to look this episode up on IMDb and I got the movie. Isn't it just Even Cowgirls Get the Blues? Because I think Oh, Even a- Cowgirls. Oh, yeah, that's right. Even Cowgirls Get the Blues. Like the Sorry. Movie? <laughs> yeah, with, by Tim Robbins. Mm-hmm. Cool. You ever seen it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a bad review, so I'll probably never watch it, but <laughs> it looked interesting. Um, it's written by Deirdre Mangan, at least, this episode at least, and uh, directed by. Oh man, where did I write that? Anyway, we'll get to it. Let's move on to the episode. I forget who directed. It. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, let's start with the case. Um, so uh, the case, of course, is uh, Lacey Cantrell. But I, I got to mention before we get into the case. I love how uh, when Robbie got the call for the case, he said, it's the bat signal. As we know how much uh, uh-huh. Paul loves Batman. And uh, Clive is... Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, the moment that I love was when Robbie and Rip were walking up to the crime scene and he flashed his badge. Oh, yeah. Uh, I noticed that. That was yeah. so cute. Just opened his jacket all coolly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like law and order. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> um, Clive calls Liv Zoltar during the whole in, the beginning of the investigation, which is great. What is that? That's a, I, I heard that. It's a, um, a, a reference to Big, the, the fortune telling machine. Oh, Zoltar. okay. <laughs> so, uh, Lacey Cantrell. Um, I wonder if she's related to Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains. Just saying. Um, waitress at the slow roll. And uh, she was strangled. I feel like they've done this. This they've used slow roll. You know, roll slow your roll. They've used this before. <laughs> this must be a popular phrase in the writers' room. Yeah. 
Um, I didn't even think of that. Slow, slow your roll. Of course. Um, so our first suspect is a guy named Matt Sudek, and I don't know if you guys uh, figured out the the thing about his name. Oh, that's Sue. Yeah. Okay. Johnny Cash song, boy named Sue. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, Sue's played by Daniel Bess, and this guy was like super familiar to me. I looked him up, and uh, there's this uh, show that got canceled pretty quickly called Last Resort that he was one of the stars of. Uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought he was fantastic because he he was so angry. Mm. Like, he he seemed dangerous. Like, you could take his performance, you could take his character as being, you know, pent-up anger uh, or just, you know, he, he's not dangerous. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess. he did assault a guy with a pool cue. That's oh, that's he, true. He, lo- yeah. he got locked up for that. So true, yeah. He's a hothead. That's, yeah, I thought he was kind of hot. That's all I really noticed. <laughs> oh, yeah, pretty eyes. <laughs> Yeah, he's got this. Uh, he's got this look about him. Uh, and again, he really stuck out to me. He, the other couple of credits that I know him from—well, I know the credits at least. Uh, uh, he was Cole on Veronica Mars. He was uh, Meg Manning's ex-boyfriend. He was one of the O Niners. Uh, he's in a few episodes, and he was in the Firefly episode Janestown. Apparently, he was a uh, he was a mutter. Oh, <laughs> he's a part of a lot of classic, um, awesome television. So, uh, yeah, Sue apparently moved to, from Texas with Lacey, and she broke up with him while he was in prison, and slept because, you know, she slept with his friend and decided to break it off. So, um, our second suspect is the boss, uh, Rick De Palma, played by Raphael Sbarge. Uh, who, who is fantastic. Yeah. He was um, Jiminy Cricket on What's the Time. Right. <laughs> So there's that there's uh, the connection there with uh, Rose McIver, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah, I looked at his IMDb, just a huge resume. I mean, look at yeah. this guy's IMDb. Sometime it's wow, he's been in everything. Mm-hmm. So he got a, himself a lap full of hot coffee, and um, when he's being interrogated, he's lying and saying that you know she, the girl was crushing on him and uh, whatever. And his pregnant wife Pamela backs him up. But when he admits that he actually was the one who came on to her, she doubles down on the lies by saying he came home with a bloody shirt. <laughs> Very vindictive. Holy cow. One goes from one moment, like, carrying this guy's child and being all lovey-dovey with him and supportive to, I'm going to put this guy in jail for cheating on me. <laughs> for murder. I, 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 I was uh, pretty, pretty impressed, in a way. I don't know. What'd you think? Well, I was, yeah, it was just, it was a good way to, uh, to, for his, uh, oh shoot. What am I trying to say? It was a good way to, to disprove him as a suspect. Right. Yeah, that it, was was a, a, it was weird. It was like a wasting, all that was just a waste of, uh, Clive's time. Well, but this whole thing, this is why I like this episode because mm. this case, there was no twist. There was no, uh, you know, oh, it's not the boss because he's the most uh, recognizable actor, yeah. guest star. You know, yeah. uh, it's it. There was it was just a, a like Liv said, wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. It was just a just bad things happen. Yeah, this guy 
um, robbed a convenience store, actually robbed a sack and pack, which is uh, <laughs> a, the convenience store that Wallace worked at in Veronica Mars. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm glad they showed the convenience store footage because when they said they shot the guy behind the counter, I was like, no, Wallace! But <laughs> at this time, he's like a teacher so in the movie, so whatever. Um, so he shot the convenience store guy, like got away with like $300, um, got rid of the car, or not, not the car, the gun, which uh, some kids find in bushes, but uh, I guess... Yeah, because that cold open... The boys find a gun, and then we move on to our uh, to our murder, and we have no idea how that plays into our story. And that really screwed with me while I was live tweeting. I kept looking at my wife. I was like, "I'm sorry." I was like tweeting something. Did I, did I miss something? What? How does? What does this have to do with the convenience store guy? <laughs> right. And I Where's think that gun? it was good time because it just uh, it just threw us for a loop. We weren't mm. so, we weren't expecting that. Yeah, so he, he the the choppers are out looking for him, so he ducks inside a house that's unlocked. Lock your doors, people. Uh, and uh, what what got him was the fact that he left that paint those pantyhose that he was wearing in the robbery on the floor. Uh-huh. So. And what's cool about this is that you know, as fun as the brain was, we really didn't need it. it this is a the brain kind of helped uh, in a personal way more than, um, you know, with the case at all. Clive actually solves this case with a little help from uh, Scented Candle Detective. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Chi Detective. Detective Kavanaugh. Um, and this guy is getting all this credit for solving the convenience store robbery just basically from getting a gun dropped in his lap. <laughs> Yeah, like he just we- sat there and meditated, and the gun shows up, and I guess that that all worked, didn't it? <laughs> what do you know about the FBI agent? Yes. What is up with that? Is it, it just is this a real thing? Do FBI agents come and just take up a, a desk in a local uh, police department and mm-hmm. help out with? Like, is, is this just a TV thing? A way to a character. <laughs> Well, and I, I made sure to write down all the names and, you know, make sure I remembered, like, all the reasons why. I mean, we have Ellen York, an astronaut who went missing. Tim Addis, uh, Ad, heir to the Addis Timber Fortune, went missing. Um, Colin Andrews, uh, you know, big entrepreneur, he goes missing. And then Terrence Fowler, who goes missing as well. So she's there to investigate all these missing persons. Um, so it's it's a big deal. Um, so maybe perhaps there were state lines involved. I don't know. Uh, um, it's big enough to send the FBI in, I guess. I don't know. Mulder and Scully weren't available. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess this is like the social commentary that people, that the, uh, the, uh, oh my gosh, my brain. <laughs> I'm going to pass some coffee over to you. The, the people who, uh, who write. The, the writers. <laughs> the the, the <laughs> <laughs> that do reviews uh-huh critics <laughs> that's the word oh okay okay the social commentary that the critics talk about you know the yeah. oh these are rich uh victims so something big is gonna you know oh yeah has to happen and even Liv calls it out you know why are there no police here at this poor waitress gets murdered in her house oh because the the convenience store happened to be in like the rich uh part of seattle right 
some little nice little Easter egg things here that I didn't know about uh, until uh, iZombie Writers Room posted about it. But uh, FBI agent Dale Basio um, is there looking into missing persons. Um, there was actually a um, an '80s group led by Dale Basio, a, a woman, um, and the group's name is uh, Missing Persons. <laughs> That's hilarious I love it So yeah More 80s uh, 80s references I love it She's played by Jessica Harmon Who was in The 100 uh, The Return She did some Arrow Um, She's all over the place So Hmm. Black Christmas I guess I don't know Um, So yeah I wrote down here I'm a big fan of Bozano (laughs) Hashtag Bozano Mm-hmm. Oh, because it's a love interest for Clive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they have a lot of they have common ground. Yeah, they have um, the same kind of attitude towards people and their work. Yeah. So I think this will be interesting. I like how she points out and figures out that he's the guy that people are avoiding, or he's the troublemaker in the department. So she's like, "Well, what are you what are you doing?" So I cannot do it, but. She's also like, let's go get a burger together or whatever, you know? Yeah, she was flirting. She Mm was... Also something that, you know, maybe average viewers might not notice, but um, the new lieutenant, the person in charge of the department, uh, Mm -hmm. is Lieutenant DeVore, and that is... She's gotten a promotion as Detective DeVore from... who used to work with Clive, um, and we... We saw her last in the episode Live and Let Clive. Oh, yeah. I remember that. So Liv went and talked to her about Clive. And she was Clive's former partner. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. There's also another refer- big reference to Live and Let Clive that comes up later. Uh, while we're talking about Clive, I did want to mention there was a deleted scene that uh, I read an interview with uh, Rose McIver and Malcolm Goodwin about. Rose says, when Liv goes to the country music club initially, there had been talk of Clive already being there. Clive is a line dancer, apparently, and he was going to be line dancing when she walked in. Uh (laughs) Malcolm says, I bought a line dancing video game, you know, like Dance Dance Revolution, but for line dancing. Told his bosses, I'm ready, I've got the game, I'm ready to go. And Rose called it a, a missed opportunity. Uh, so it was deleted. I'm not sure if it was for filmed time? or what. Oh. But um, it, it was at least in the script. <laughs> Rose also teases that fans will see a lot more of Clive in an upcoming episode. So there's a little tease for, for you. Speaking of learning dancers. Do, uh, does that mean pecs and abs? Oh, I don't know. I mean, arms alone are just destroying this podcast. We we just cannot, <laughs> we cannot get past it. I it's funny. I wasn't even noticing them last time, and then then um, this week I was looking at his arms like it's not bad. It's just, yeah, arms. Will, what do you think? Are you a fan of Clive's uh, biceps? Of course. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't know Clive. if he was your type. Clive's biceps and Major's abs. I'm a big fan of both. Of them. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I like those uh, those their ligaments or something in like where near his hip bone. 
Yeah, or whatever what that like. is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it's called, but... <laughs> I hope he's listening. Yes, I, I really want to get listening. him on the show sometime, so I'm looking forward to asking him all about, you know, what his regimen is and whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of Major, he looked terrible in this episode. Oh, me, oh Major, yeah. What did I say? Did I say Major? Yeah, you said speaking of Major. He looked terrible in this episode. Oh, okay. Well, you were right. Okay. Uh, major, Something is wrong with my brain. That's okay. okay. I'm saving the major stuff for the end because there's the big end scene that's a part of that. Yes. Okay. I did want to talk about Peyton. Okay. I do want to talk about my tears. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I cr- I mean, this was a very emotional episode. <laughs> All the emotions. Mm. Yeah, because you're, you know, you're following Peyton and you know, you know, she's got to run into Liv at some point. Mm-hmm. In this episode. And this is the very next day. Liv gets that birthday cake, and the next day she gets up and she goes and gets that drink for Peyton and knows she must know where her aerobics class is, what her usual thing is. Yeah. She jumps right back into her normal routine after three Mm -hmm. months away. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I haven't listened to your last episode, so I was thinking that maybe Peyton didn't drop off the cake. Maybe it was somebody else, and there was something going to something going on with that but yeah some twist was, or something yeah. like, no. from Gilda. um nope that was Peyton and um <laughs> speaking of we were talking about Clive learning uh or, excuse me Malcolm learning routines for Clive Allie apparently learned this uh this this routine in like five minutes that she does in the aerobics class like it's finishing off she she learned that routine in five minutes they said and yeah when you're out she's probably a dancer when you're a dancer and you're used to learning choreography, it's well, she's no a singer problem. and entertainer, and uh, I, yeah. she was also the star of Hellcats, where she was doing yeah. cheerleader stuff every week, right? Right. So, <laughs> executive produced by Tom Welling. Oh. <laughs> um. So yeah, I just love how both their faces, both Liv and Peyton's faces, just crumple <laughs> when they see each other. <laughs> just like. Drops all, drop all pretense. We just miss each other so much. We love each other. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Liv, thanks her for the cake. And uh, uh, Peyton says she took some time to process the whole zombie thing. Now she feels bad. She left Liv, and she realizes how painful the last year was for for Liv, which is which is cool that this is being acknowledged. I mean, it also comes up later in Liv's uh, 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 big speech to Major, but you know we're. Pointing out, like, Liv's been through a lot, and she's as bad as some of the, you know, maybe maybe she shouldn't have pushed it to whole secret so much that she ended up with Major in the mental hospital. But Peyton, you know, she just was not telling her the truth because, you know, she didn't want her to, I don't know, think any less of her or be involved in that world. So, Yeah, I, I didn't think about it at the time, but... but <laughs> The uh, the the boat party, hmm. the massacre. Yes, I mean that's a great. It looks visually, it's great on screen. I really didn't think about what it would do to the person that witnessed it. It's a it was a horrific event. All these God. people dying. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, scary so, as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when she said that. Like yeah, that was a major traumatic event in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then just, you know, swimming to shore and then finding a body on the shore and all of a sudden having this urge to smash the skull open and scoop the brains out. It's like, 
Yeah, I was just a, uh, a doctor <laughs> going to a party before all this. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so, anyway, Peyton is uh, going after Mr. Boss and is uh, going through these different inmates, but none are going to flip. And meanwhile, um, we have Blaine, who's wondering what's happening to his customers. And, of course, we know what's happening. Major's killing them off. <laughs> and, uh, oh, <clears throat> I wanted to mention, is it me or is, is like, Blaine Tanner as a human than when he was actually trying to pass as a human? <laughs> Did you guys notice he was, like, extra glossy? No, I didn't notice. No. Yeah, he's like shiny tan. I'm a, I mean, I almost you know wonder, um, like, does Chief or Don E know that he's human? I, I wonder if he's pretending to be... No, he's, they, they've got to know, because Verna knew, and Verna's the makeup artist, so they would obviously see Verna around. Yeah, I'm thinking Chief and Don E know, but yeah. that's only a guess, I mean... <laughs> Know that Blaine is a human. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking, like, you know, he's very glossy as a human. <laughs> he seems very tan. And it's like, is he still, like, pretending to be a zombie, pretending to be human in order to <laughs> fool the people that's working? Yeah, because his hair from? is very blonde. Yeah. Yeah. Why would he continue to have very blonde white hair? Yeah, what and is, you're always wondering, is somebody a zombie trying to pass as human and trying to pick, pick out what makes, what's the difference yeah. in a human and somebody trying to look human and not human? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, write in <laughs> if you know <laughs> or if you understood all that. <laughs> Um, okay, so so Blaine's wondering where it made perfect sense to me. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> I'm gonna play it back and be like, oh yeah, of course. Um, Blaine is wondering where his uh, the the his customers are going, and he said, "Is it some sort of zombie rapture?" And Chief, we find out, doesn't speak. He yeah, what is up with that? He types in his phone, and I even I tweeted Dear Jamanga, and I said, "Is this a leftovers joke?" Because we made a reference to a rapture, and then we have. Chief sending notes to Donnie, but I guess that's just the way he talks. He's Maybe it'll be explained later. Yeah, yeah. There was all this uh, this religious yeah religious over jokes. Uh, oh, lots of jokes throughout throughout Blaine's storyline. Yeah, yeah. Donnie finds uh, the guy who tainted the Utopium to begin with. Gabriel, he's a preacher now, and uh, I mean. He was saying, Gabriel himself was saying some pretty cheesy stuff. Like he said, I wrote down, I'm high on a drug called love and it comes from a pusher named Jesus. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That is cheesy. (laughs) I mean, Blaine is really irritated at this and, uh, and I'm, you know, I have nothing invested and I'm rolling my eyes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if. And he seems to be preaching to former addicts. Yeah. That's how I. That, that's his. That's it, where he's coming from because he he ended up in a drug den or, or something, and, and he found God. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how many former drug addicts would would be able to latch on to something like that. 
Um, Gabriel's played by Yanni Gelman, who, since I have a daughter who is 17, I know him as Paolo from the Lizzie McGuire movie. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> nice. He was also on a few uh, few seasons of Pretty Little Liars. So, oh, okay. Well, I know him from there. I don't really. Yeah, I just know him as Paolo. <laughs> um. So yeah, he gets beaten. Uh, Chief beats him with a Bible, and they lock him in a coffin. And we have this whole argument between Donnie and Chief about whether Jesus was a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh man. Um. So he's not Gabriel's not talking. He's, this is a test from God. So you know, he, uh, Blaine has uh, Chief scratch him, and um, they 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 send him off into the the world because he won't talk. Yeah, I cast you out, right? I don't know. They sent him into the wilderness. Right, forty days. 40, yeah, yeah. And he still says this is a test from God. So. I don't know. I'm assuming we're going to find him next, uh, you know, with a pile of bodies in that um, that little church he gather- he, he was pre- preaching in. Yeah, I mean, this seems dangerous. Yeah, I don't think Blaine cares though. <sighs> See, we, you know, it might lead back to it, just like the dog, Major's dog, Minor. I'm just always <laughs> afraid of what's going to lead back to the person. Um. Yeah, so this is all happening, but we have a, a, a crazy uh, crossover storylines that never would have expected uh, this soon. But uh, Peyton has one witness show up. Oh yeah, that was shocking. <laughs> and it's Blaine. Uh, Blaine says uh, the Utopium comes from Hong Kong. And they and he just spilled it all the secrets. He just let it all out. Yeah, yeah. She was she was on the chalkboard. She had a diagram. She knows it all. Oh, a gigantic, uh, a gigantic whiteboard full of names, which I tried to get a good picture of, but I couldn't. Uh, it just was out of focus. But yeah. the last name that she wrote down um, was uh, Jin Ying. And she's talked about, you know, talked about Jin Ying was uh, one of Stacey Boss's lieutenants, and he and his son, AJ, were in prison. So that's the other callback to uh, Live and Let Clive. That that was the fight. That, that AJ was the, the guy that uh, Liv got into a fight with, with their little martial arts abilities. <gasps> no! Yeah. I didn't even think about that. So it all ties together. Oh. <laughs> okay, so... Why is it that Cl- that uh, that blah blah blah? Why is it that Blaine uh, it wants to uh, get Stacy Boss in trouble with the police? Well, I mean, I'm assuming that he wants to be the kingpin. In so many words, he okay. wa- Blaine wants to be the one in charge. However, what I don't understand is like if he messes up the supply route, how it gets into the country, then what is he going to do? That's then? true. That's true. Well, I mean, maybe maybe he's less interested in taking over the drug trade than he is uh, being in charge of the brain trade. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe this is some sort of weird way to get get to uh, more utopium or whatever. I don't yeah, know. So I thought he may be trying to get closer to the utopium. Yeah. Blaine's plan is, uh, is mystifying to me. <laughs> 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 um, so I'm looking forward. To, I, I I hate to guess at what what his deal is. Um, 
what what's confusing to me is that you know in the first episode he's he's putting Stacy or not Stacy um, Speedy as the face of this the new utopian business that's and then he gets him and his crew killed off and then. He meets with D.A. Barakis and, uh, you know, he's like, you need to, you need to take down Stacy Boss. I, I, I have no part in this, you know. But now he's like, all right, I'm going to be the one that, you know, handles this through the justice system. Um, so, yeah. But and then, and then Blaine and Peyton, they had like a hmm. moment. They had a moment. Yeah, which I would think that her, she, in her position... He's a uh, you know a former scumbag, <laughs> but he's reformed. He's got his own business, and you know he wants immunity for past crimes. He's not doing any crimes now, according to him. <laughs> um, and he's okay. super charming. Uh, yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, when she says something like she jokes and says, "Could you make this sound like I got this out of you?" and he's and he, I wrote down a quote. He said, "She exuded a power that compelled me to talk. I was hopeless to resist." So, uh, classic, uh, classic, uh, Blaine slash David Andrews awesomeness. Um, <laughs> well, later on, Pey- when Peyton's talking to Liv, she says, oh, I met a guy. Yeah. I think you would like him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Also, you know, we have Gilda coming in, um, and uh, she's saying she won't eat after six. I think she said six. I was wondering. If she oh, said she se- said she said six. She said sex. Yeah. I won't eat after sex. Okay. <laughs> so she and Major are doing it all the time, a lot. No, no. I'm assuming that was the one time they did it. They she she they hooked up in the gym and they went to a hotel. And uh, we you know we're with Major this episode since that one night stand. She texts him a lot, but he doesn't meet up with her, as far as we know. I mean, I'm pretty sure they he he didn't off camera, you know. Um, I, I took it that they did. No, I don't, I don't think it did. Or she's just bragging. She's just being. Yeah, yeah, I think that she's. I think so because she was saying like I've got I've got a new guy to live in the last episode, the episode before last. Yeah. Um. So. I noticed there's an L and a P still on the bookshelf, so there's no G, Gilda. So you're you're about to get kicked out of here. Um, Peyton also jokes that uh, she's not sure she likes this Gilda girl. Might give her a background check. Mm. <laughs> so that should be interesting. <clears throat> Let's uh, take a little detour to Robbie. Um, some good Robbie stuff for this episode. I loved when uh, Liv was making those brain fritters, and he says it smells sensational. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "What he said? He said, God forgive me, Lord forgive me, or something like that.' <laughs> yeah, smells sensation. I mean, honestly, I was watching her make it, and I was like, oh my god! I know. I was thinking, what can I substitute brain for? <laughs> yeah, I need fritters. I need fritters of some kind. Um, he's also testing out the uh, Desire RX uh, cologne. Okay, from what I've learned from television." The perfume industry has been trying to do this for ever since the 60s. Mm-hmm. And it does not work. It's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Human pheromones, do, like, they can't make this work. But I might be wrong. It's just what I know from Masters of Sex. <laughs> <laughs> I've really got to watch that show. Um, well, it, a good point is brought up by, um, by Steph. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> oh yeah, we see staff. Yes. And she's cute. I immediately tweeted tweeted uh that's not stuff. <laughs> that's not stuff. Doesn't look anything like me. Played by Debs Debs Howard. Um, she was in Supernatural. Um, she's going to be in the new X Files and in an episode of Luc- Lucifer as well. So Ooh, we'll be we'll be looking for her, Dan. Yeah. Um, but she does joke like, "Okay, so this cologne is made of pheromones. Where did the pheromones come from?" <laughs> <laughs> I love the joke that Ravi's like, uh, you know, I'm just assuming that it's the Hemsworth brothers on ellipticals with wearing nothing but sponges. Yeah. <laughs> she knows about his, well, he said she was um, his test subject, but I didn't realize that she actually knew. <laughs> yeah. Made this clue. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Peyton comes and crashes that party. And... Uh, Awkwardness abounds, and well, I, I think Ravi was the only one that was awkward. Yeah. Steph seemed to. She's like, oh, and that's good. I mean, you know, she's not jealous. No, no awkwardness from her. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's weird because you know, if Ravi is actually trying to do something serious with Steph, I don't know if he was joking in the scene where he shows up to support Liv in his Western gear and saying that. He's going to try cowgirl and Indian, play cowgirl and Indian. <laughs> that was hilarious. I know, that got my attention too, but I figure he's just kidding. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, if he cheats on Steph, are you going to be mad at him? <laughs> no, because he and Peyton belong together. <laughs> I'll be okay if he breaks up with me. So you'd high five him too. Yeah. I love how he's like, I'm not going to fall for that. Because <laughs> yeah. he would look like a major douche if he did that. Speaking of major douches, uh, <laughs> I don't want to get right into major, but I, this is the whole thing with Ravi. We got we got to see some really pissed off Ravi in this episode because major just keeps screwing oh, things up with him. Yeah, Ravi's patient. He's had enough of major. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he's not taking much more. Um, he screws up the ride to work and not saying that Peyton was going to be staying with them and then losing poor little Miner. Um, oh, that scared me to death. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Miner, uh, you know, Liv meets the dog in this episode and the dog makes it to the park where the owner was last seen. Um, mm-hmm. they, he was found through a message board. I'm just saying this. The fact that this dog is living in this house is getting out there, and uh, I don't know if minor uh, minor. <laughs> I don't know if major is going to be able to uh, cover it up. Yeah, too many people know about the dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm thinking of any if anybody lives, going to add it up and be like, "Oh, wait a second, where did you get this dog from?" So, yeah, see that dog. That dog is a mis- keeping that dog is a mistake. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get caught. Mm-hmm. It's a big uh, dangling thread that's gonna <laughs> be pulled very quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I had some people in our group. At least one person in our group was uh, well, not upset with me, but you know, just like, hey, why would you say that? <laughs> but um, that uh, I I said that Peyton was gonna be killed off. <laughs> And, you know, if anything, um, I worry that if Peyton isn't going to get killed off, she's going to be the reason why um, Major gets put in jail, because Peyton's going to finally 
figure it out and you know she's got to do her job no matter if it's yes. or not mm-hmm. and that might cause another rift between her and Liv so I don't know theories abound um, <laughs> let's talk about uh, Liv and her country fried brain um <laughs> First, let me talk about what you said. uh, Oh, when Ravi was talking about the pheromone cologne and talking about stuff, and she said, you don't know whether to wind your butt or scratch your watch or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That is such, that's a a Dolly Parton quote from Steel Magnolias. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, nice. Yes, because you know my daughter was in Still Magnolias ah, a couple of years ago. I know okay. it quite well. I know every word. Oh, excellent! So, anything about a one-legged duck in that one, or no? Uh, uh-uh. uh, I've never heard pork? that. <laughs> yeah, no, that pig's rump was pork. <laughs> you ever heard that, Will? Never heard that one. I never heard of most of these. I thought they were just making most of these. Well, I think there was one that actually. Oh, uh, um, uh, butter my butt and. Call oh, me a biscuit. biscuit. I have heard that one. <laughs> uh, my favorite is I'm sweating like a ten dollar French whore on Nickel Day. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Um, so I love the uh, I love the fact that you know Lacey almost served. At, I mean, I'm watching a lot of Quantum Leap right now, and Lacey almost served like uh, like Sam Beckett would. He would leap into a person's body and solve their problems for them. And when she uh, when she eats Lacey's brain, you know, in investigating the case, she gets to uh, uh, resolve things with uh, Matt Sudak. Um, and you know, since he was ignoring her, turning all those letters away. Uh, she's actually able to communicate uh, what Lacey would have said, like from the dead, almost. You know, right? I thought that was really cool. Um, and you know, when she sings this song, uh, which was lovely, um, and you probably heard it at the top of the show. Um, uh, I like how we have this kind of scary thing happen where uh, Matt goes out to talk to her and you think, Oh God, he's the killer. <laughs> but he All actually, right. uh, he's just really moved by her song and, and made her, made him think about Lacey. And he, um, he says, I love that girl. And she says, sometimes love just ain't enough. Right. And it mirrors her relationship with mm. major. Um, I have a quote here from Rose about singing. Um, she said it was a little nerve wracking singing as live. There's something about the vulnerability of when you are actually singing and putting on a character and meshing those two was unusual for me. It's not something I had done. It was a good opportunity. They wrote a beautiful song. They did a great job. Hmm. So, and the song was written by the writer of the show, Dear Jamangan, and uh, arranged by um, the composer of the score, Josh Ramon, I think. <laughs> uh, I'm the best expert. Um <laughs> So anyway, uh, the song gives her clarity to talk to Major, and let's talk about Major before my voice completely gives out. Um, so we find Major in a hotel with Rita. <laughs> Did you guys catch this? Oh, is he? He's changed Gilda in his phone to Rita. No, she's she calling thinks, herself. She's calling herself she's Rita. Calling herself Rita. Oh. So I went back in the yeah, transcripts. <laughs> yeah. I went back in the transcripts. You know, online transcripts are not the best written thing, you know. Um, but I was looking for all instances of Rita. And it seems that um, 
It seems that Major's the only one that's called her Rita, which I thought was weird. I was like, so is that her real name? Uh, Liv knows her as Gilda. Peyton knows her as Gilda. And I checked uh, Vaughn's conversations with her, and he actually has never called her by a name that I can find. Um, So, I don't know. She's called Gilda for the most part, so we'll call her Gilda for now. But I'm assuming she would give Major her real name because Major is working Major talks to her dad. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. Mind blown. (laughs) I know. I was like, Rita. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah. Gilda is... uh, uh, Leanne Lapp, you are a a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. Um, I love the whole... The fact that she, like, stretches out on that bed like a cat. I was like, oh, (laughs) she's like... I don't know. Super gorgeous. Um, And uh, the next thing we see that I have written down here... Oh, yeah. He's major... Spends a lot of time getting high on his couch, and it seems like his TV only plays video games and news reports about people he killed. <laughs> that's, all, that's all his TV plays for him. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what video game was that, by the way? Uh, well, do you, did you spot? I was trying to figure it out. I should have rewound it, but it, I was first. I thought it was one game, then I thought it was another one. I wasn't really sure. Hmm. It's one that I haven't played. Definitely. So after Liv gets that clarity, that epiphany, when she's playing that song, she shows up at Major's door and says that they were meant to be together. And, you know, that that was before this huge massacre and her eating brains and her sending him to a mental hospital and watching him die. And now we're a dream that's dead. Yeah. Oh, God, that was so sad. (sighs) Won't stop. She said, "I won't stop loving you, um, but I'm letting you go completely forever." <laughs> yeah. And okay, the this turned our expectations on its head because we usually the case of the week. You know, it's they give us all these different couple of different uh, people. It could be characters. And then it's usually, you know, the the best known uh, guest star is the person who did it. And this week, that's not the case. It was right. just a matter of being, you know, of just happenstance. It just happened. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't a murder uh, planned or accident or whatever. And also, uh, you know, the CW wants the character Liv to learn a lesson. She's learned her lesson that um, you know sometimes you have to let go. So she's gonna. Yeah. Let go. Well, then, boom! After she, after that, um, you know, he comes back and he, you know, he needs her. Right. Oh wait, we'll get to that. I just got. Okay, I'm okay, sorry. okay. I'm gonna tear this all apart, like <laughs> moment by moment, because it's so good. Um, the, the, I love the after that after that whole speech. He's like, perfect. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, so cold. So I, cold. I. I have been in that situation before. <laughs> like, yeah, thanks for completely eviscerating my heart. I don't know what you're expecting from me, but uh, I, I, yeah, bye. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not supposed to do with that. We'll yeah. See you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I mean, I see it. I, I understand. Like, a lot of people were pissed off at majors <laughs> uh, uh, on Twitter during uh, during the show, but I also, you know, he's. A, his heart is taking a, a, a quite a beating in that speech. Like, 
Yeah, I we were we were meant to get be together, but now we're totally done. No, seriously, really, really, really done. <laughs> you know, and he's also in this position where you know it's funny. It's like season one, Liv is trying to protect Major. Season two, Major's now trying to protect Liv, and they're both like equally dumb about it. <laughs> they really should be talking. Um, so she almost leaves, and then. Decides to storm back in And uh, you know Major's like What brain are you on now You know and I love how It's almost like a, Like what have you been drinking tonight To, to call, Like drunk dial me like this You know <laughs> um, And uh, I love how She kind of rehashes that uh, It goes all the way back to Major telling her she should go to this party and then ever since then you know her life has completely changed and she did the best that she could and uh, major is totally ruined by this whole thing and it's just like i keep asking you for space and you just keep showing up so yeah well because he's asking for space but what he really means is i'm trying to isolate myself away from the people who love me and Mm. want me to to you know not to to uh, self-destruct I'm yeah. trying to self-destruct Please leave me alone and let me just yeah, You I, know, be yeah, miserable I know you won't let me punish myself You know, so mm-hmm. F off mm-hmm. <laughs> um, So I have next here After losing Minor and getting the third degree From Ravi Major goes to find some more drugs And runs into one of his kids From Hilton Shelter Oh, golly, oh. how... Uh, Awkward. So I guess this is this is bottom. And uh, on Liv's side of things, I it was kind of interesting how we see the brain kind of wear off, and she's trying to play guitar, and she just can't do it anymore. So she puts it aside, and that's when she gets a knock at the door, and it's Major asking for help, and it goes from uh, close hugs to uh, making out like crazy. Which is, <laughs> yeah, we thought it would end with. You know, Major telling her, I, I ask for space and leave. Mm. And he comes back. Mm. Well, he comes to her, you know, uh, which is interesting because uh, Rita <laughs> yes. is in is probably in the other room. <laughs> the girl <gasps> that, that Liv knows as Gilda. Oh. Now, I'm not sure. Oh, is, is that how the next episode is going to start? I don't know. I, I'm like, oh, my God, what are the repercussions from this? Possibly yeah, Gilda's going to get found out. Possibly not. Yeah, because the three have got to be in the same room together. I mean, I'm certain they're going to go for the... I mean, I hate to accuse them of this because they're really smart smart writers, but sometimes you got to run these things through the numbers. Liv's going to find out that Major slept with his, her, her roommate, no matter what name she goes by, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then completely uh, get pissed off at Major about the whole thing. Like, he just slept with her. <laughs> Um, and then I don't know, um, but it's going to be interesting when Liv finally finds out the whole connection to Vaughn, and then also what Major is doing for Vaughn. Yep, and then maybe Blaine finding out about this, and finally we have a Blaine Vaughn showdown. It's going to be great. I can't wait. <laughs> Battle of mid-season the season finale. Yeah, <laughs> or mid mid season. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I, I that's all I had written for my notes, and we've been talking an hour. You guys got anything else? No. 
<laughs> I think, yeah, I think we pretty much covered it. All right, yeah. well, if not, we have some feedback here that might cover it as well. Anything we might have missed. Okay. Um, let's see. Come on. This is a voice-a-mail. Oh, voice-a-mail. Voice-a-mail. From Moira. Moira. I just turned off the television, having watched this week's episode. And I have this big, happy grin on my face. This big sense of satisfaction. Because up until that final frame of the episode, I was thinking, this is, you know, this one's been pretty good. I like it. But... Seeing Major come to Liv's door and seeing them embrace just made it for me. I'm a happy girl. I didn't want Major to go down the dark side for very long anyway. Uh, And I still think they should be together because I'm just a big romantic dope, I guess. So that was great. That That was lovely. All right, in other news, Robbie in his cowboy hat is the most adorable fanboy ever. <laughs> Looks like urban cowboy. Hilarious. Let's see where that's going to go. <laughs> and this week, I liked the case of the week because I like the way it all uh, got wrapped up and connected to different crimes in the same city. Um, I think we assumed there'd be some link just because they bothered to show us to have shown us sorry the uh, the robbery footage in the first place. Um, the scene between Peyton and, uh, and Liv at the workout studio was also really touching. Oh, did anybody else have, uh, a fear when the dog was missing that, um, Major had killed Minor? <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of. Uh, maybe that was just me. Anyway, look, I won't belabor the point. I love this one. I'm giving this one a 9 out of 10. Um, tearful embraces. All right, till next time. Bye. Thanks, Moira. And, uh, you know, as usual, it, you did say you loved it, and you gave it a 9 out of 10. I'm going to upgrade your score to 10 out of 10, so <laughs> thanks, Moira. Um, Steph, did you want to read our email from Jen or the Facebook comment from I'll read uh, Jen's. Okay. Um, hello, Robin and Steph and guest. <laughs> That's <good>. I, I <laughs> enjoyed this episode a lot. There was so much stuff going on in this episode that it felt like they were laying a lot of groundwork for the ongoing and upcoming storylines. Liv is a better cook than I am. Brain poppers are inspired. Mm. I'm really liking the creativity of the brain meals this season. Did we talk about last week how uh, 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 who was the writer last se- last episode? That wasn't Kit Boss, was it? I believe it was, yeah. He talked about how sometimes they try to um, to thematically tie the brain into the show, to the episode, but if not, it's just whatever they like to eat. It's like whatever they can. But that, I think that was that looked great with the, the fritters or whatever you call that. Very, fr- All right. very fried brain, you know. <laughs> so maybe that's something mm-hmm. to do with country, lots of fried goods. Yeah, fried foods. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what it was. I don't like private. Um, we, uh, Jim, Jim continues. I'm so sorry. Um, Peyton, more Peyton, please. The reconciliation scene with Liv was fantastic. Both the dance studio and the apartment. Oh, the reconciliation scenes with Liv were fantastic, both in the dance studio and the apartment. I'm intrigued by the new development with Blaine and when or if Peyton will learn 
uh, about his more cunning and destructive personality traits versus his seemingly willingness to help the investigation. Will she continue to talk him up to Liv? And then when Liv finds out who this interesting guy is, will it be the cause of strife between the newly reconciled friends? I don't know. I mean, I think she would, at this point, believe Liv over Blaine. Well, I feel like they're setting up Liv and Blaine have to do work together to get something done. Right. They've been talking about that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That I can see how this is kind of shaping, coming into shape a little bit. Okay. Um, were Major and Gilda in a hotel room? I believe so. Yeah. If they were in a the apartment, I would think that Major would know it was Liv's place and wouldn't risk going there. At the end of the episode. So what happens in the morning or even later that night if Gilda comes back to the apartment? Does she and Major pretend they don't know each other? Do we know if Major knows that Gilda is living with Liv? Liv will no. be like, I don't really eat after sex. <laughs> <laughs> sex, not six. Well, whatever, right? <laughs> <laughs> Buying drugs from teens he had previously been trying to help seems to be Major's rock bottom, and he's able to ask for help. But how much about his current situation will he divulge to Liv? Yeah, will he go into everything? I don't know. I, I don't, I'm thinking it's just drugs he's going to admit to. He's not going to say anything about Vaughn. Just the drugs or the whole deal with the zombie murder quest, too? Either way, I hope that Liv stops the kissing to push deeper into why Major is asking for help. The scene where Liv tells Major why she decided to hide her zombieism is from him was fantastic. I really like that she made a point of saying that it was how she was feeling and it wasn't the brain talking. Yeah. The brain may have pushed her to the place where she could confront the situation, but it was more significant after she confirmed that it was her own feelings. I didn't really care about the case stuff this week. The major storyline was much more interesting to me. I think they're doing a great job of integrating the cases to dive to drive the season-long story forward. Uh, there's not too much case of the week that I get bored bored of them, but there's enough that allows the character to move forward and interact, which is the part of the show that I'm always more invested in. It's, we meet. It's so. I'm sorry. It, it was so interesting how they. I mean, they really interwove the case into the show. They wove the case into the show, made it a big part of what causes Liv and Liv to confront Major. But also, yet it wasn't. It, it was also like a really complicated case. Yet it had nothing to do with Liv in the end. <laughs> like yeah, I've in the it. end, in the end, surprise. It was just, just a random happenstance. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we met, we, uh, we met Steph. Is she overcompensating with the high five? <laughs> no, I just think she's cool. I, I think she's not Steph. Yeah. Uh, I think Robbie was right not to go in on that. Overall, Robbie was great in this episode. His total support of Liv is always good to see, but when he called Major out on his flakiness, he was also great. Is minor dog microchipped? Why is Major keeping a link to his murder victim? <laughs> yes, that's like a, oh, don't do that. Yeah. Um, going back a sentence about the whole Robbie thing, I was wondering, like, when Robbie was confronting him, like, what the hell is wrong with you, man? Like, I don't know. It, I almost expected Robbie to be like, okay, we tried drugs together. He's acting like he's still on them. <laughs> you know? Two and two together, but maybe maybe not. 
Or maybe he just is like, I respect his privacy, and if he wants to do drugs, I'll just leave him alone for now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Um, there was one convict that Peyton interviewed that had a super Canadian accent. I noticed that too. <laughs> <laughs> no point in being a free man if you're a dead man. It took me out of the story. I'm so Canadian. <laughs> That was amazing, uh, amazing Canadian accent by an Alabama. That was amazing. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so far, I like the FBI agent. Even if I'm not exactly sure of her of the role she's going to play in the future, I'm assuming she'll interconnect with the major Max Rager storyline. Oh gosh, I didn't think about that. As well as be a love interest to Clive which will allow the continuation of Clyde's investigation into Major's actions at the Meet Cute. That was a, yeah, that was a, a note I had um, that I didn't mention, though. It was basically like, I like, I like Dale. I like her a lot. Do I trust her? <laughs> I didn't even think of... I, I just liked her and thought that her and Clive had a lot in common. That's mm. all I thought. I hope it's just that. I hope, hope Clive gets some good thrown his way. Uh, Blaine's lackeys discussing if Jesus was a zombie was great. I also love Blaine's ennui. ennui over losing two clients. David Anders is so engaging as Blaine. Yes, he is. He just, just every facial expression. You just, I'm just so into everything his eyes do, and yeah, yeah. Uh, looking forward to hearing your thoughts and thanks for all your hard work on the hard work, please. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, thank you. Jen. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> we don't really work. Now, Robin works hard. I just show up. <laughs> I just write down a bunch of things. I'm like, I don't want to forget about this. I don't want to forget about this. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, thanks, Jen. And uh, I want to tell you folks, if you want to join our Facebook group, it's uh, facebook.com slash groups slash iZombiePodcast. Uh, in there is a comment thread. And David wrote to us, and he says, Loved it. Is there nothing Rose can't do? Multiple personalities each week and now singing. Yep, it's official. She's perfect. Forget um, zombie. She's a superior alien being from another galaxy, obviously. Haha. I'm actually digging the idea of Blaine and Peyton, strangely. Once Ravi admits he wants her, still it will make a crazy triangle. Plus, who doesn't love watching David Anders putting the charm on someone? And I loved how much Peyton we got tonight. Um, they're using her better this season already. And the brain of the week was great. I'm glad it didn't overpower Liv's personality this week like past ones. I've loved the strong stereotype brains, but glad it's not happening every week. And yay, Clive is getting his flirt on. We're seeing another side to him. Love it. And Rager, it was so sad to see them fight. But just like Liv and Major's moment, it was very much needed. There was way too much negative tension building. And back to Liv and Major, I loved their talk. She fully let them know. All the way back to the day, day one, all that went through her head, and I cheered so hard for her jumping on my couch with my bowl of popcorn. Side note, thanks to zombie popcorn looks like little brains now. <laughs> That's awesome. And when he got more drugs and the guy recognized him from Helter Shelter, it's it's Helton Shelter, uh, David. <clears throat> that was so rock bottom. I was scared that he'd have another dirty, sexy time with the redheaded devil moment, but 
woman. But then he shows up to live crying, admitted, admitting he has a problem. Then they hug and make out. And my heart went from broken moments early to healed and bursting. And I cried just like Major did. And I loved it. <laughs> oh, and we can't forget Gabriel. Well, wow, a lot of a lot happened tonight. All those religious puns by Blaine were so hilarious. Um, couldn't get enough. I cast you out, demon, to Gabriel, then shoves him out the door after turning him. Felt so bad for him, but it's all his fault. I would have confessed at that point, but couldn't stay sad with all the business jokes and the mutes eating brains. Like their popcorn chicken, just popping them in his mouth, and him doing emojis was so funny. I love the whole episode. It always surprises me how much they fit into each episode. And he has a bunch of emojis here, and we have a smile. It really is. They do fit so much. <laughs> and David fits a lot of words into a comment without punctuation, but I'm working with you, David. I hope it came out uh, very intelligibly. Uh, really appreciate the comments. Um, awesome. Uh, thank you so much. And, uh, well, um, there that was uh, feedback. And I did have um, a couple of letters here that went straight to the corrections department. Uh-huh. <laughs> and <clears throat> I just wanted to mention, uh, I brought this on myself karmically. Um, we have our friends at the iZombie, you Zombie podcast. I sent them a couple of corrections via Twitter. And I think this is the universe paying me back. <laughs> but um, there, there are some great discussion points here, and it really adds to the conversation we have every week. So this is a kind of lengthy. So this is, we kind of finished talking about the episode itself. So if you wanted to skip ahead or finish the episode, we'll see you next week. Um, if not, uh, also uh, wanted to say that listener Corey emailed in with kind of a similar point. So uh, Corey. Uh, we're probably going to skip yours uh, tonight, but this is uh, this is from Lou. And oh, Lou, I very much had to edit down this email. Very long emails, folks. If you send any feedback, you know, nice little, nice little couple paragraphs. We're good, you know. Get your most important points out. Anyway, um, and I'm not. Maybe Lou didn't want me to read this on the podcast, but you know, I'm going to read some of it. Dear Robin and Stephanie, this email is in response to your podcast, uh, Real Dead Wives, uh, Real Dead Housewives. Let's get this out of the way. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I love the episode, too. In fact, every new episode immediately comes my favorite episode. I also will add, I really like your podcast. Last year, I immediately got hooked on iZombie, and I wanted to find an intelligent iZombie podcast. I think I must have listened to them all, and I found that yours is the most intelligent, and I'm only listening to yours now. Thank you, Lou. However, I'm very disappointed in a part of this last podcast. There was a couple things you just didn't get. Although I like that you knew who Mr. Casablancas is and got the Finn and Juice reference. Your understanding or lack of understanding of the iZombie uh, mythology was both surprising and disappointing. I imagine that you're going to get a few emails like this one, so I'll try to be succinct. Uh, Lou, yours? Well, I mean, we did get something from Corey. Uh, along the same lines um, with one of your points, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yours was definitely the only one. Uh, so he, he goes on. Um, the combination of tainted utopium and Max Rager can cause a person to become a zombie, and judging by the boat party, rather spontaneously. 
Ravi speculated that it must be something in the Tainted Utopium that reacts with an unlisted ingredient in the Max Rager formula that does this. Once a person is turned into a zombie, you can turn a person with a bite or scratch into another zombie. As far as we know, both kinds of zombies are exactly alike. We can easily assume that Blaine turned into a zombie from consuming Tainted Utopium and Max Rager. Then he scratched Liv, who turned into a zombie. So let me just stop here. <laughs> um, this is really interesting stuff. I think we've talked about this, um, but maybe something that um, Lou is pointing out here is that we're kind of forgetting the Max Rager of it all. I've been theorizing many times about how, um, you know, sometimes it's like the, the cocktail, uh, we, you know, one kind of zombie is created by Max Rager, one kind of zombie is created by Tainted Utopium, some are created by both. It's kind of confusing, and I start thinking about like different kinds of zombies, super zombies, but um, maybe it's a lot more simpler than I've been talking about. I don't, what do you think, Steph? Well, for me, I got all this last season. Season one, I made a chart, Rat A, Rat B, Rat C, Rat D. You know, <laughs> yep. I got it that it was the Utopium and the uh, the Max Rager. Right. Okay. But then I've since over the summer, I've forgotten something. <laughs> but I thought that the show was going to, you know, that whatever was important would come back up. Yeah. And it really, a lot of times, a lot of times in the show, it doesn't have to be as complicated. Or for some reason, I'm just not, I don't like how they're explaining things or they're, they're making it too complicated or mm-hmm. something. Or like you, maybe I'm overthinking some things, which probably not. I'm probably not overthinking. I'm probably underthinking. But, uh, yeah, I just keep thinking that they're going to – and I keep thinking, well, don't worry about it because it's – you don't have to worry about this right now that later on it will become something. Yeah. Yeah, I think many – maybe maybe many of my – many of my – like every single little hint we get, I have probably like five theories wrapped around it because, you know, I've been trained by TV to do this. Like, look for everything. The picture in the corner, that must mean something. <laughs> Any sort of mere mention of something must mean something. Um, yeah. And then sometimes I, maybe I should just uh, not, not do that and just go, okay, well, maybe we'll find out more next week. <laughs> Be a casual viewer. <laughs> well, I'm not a casual viewer. I'm a host of the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph. And let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wrote down, um, you know, we keep forgetting about the Max Rager of it all. Uh, we attribute full zombie mode and zombies turning into a mindless Romero like Marcy did to the fact that maybe they haven't eaten brains in a while. Um, but Lou's right. I mean, there were zombies that were flipping out automatically, like, on the boat. Um, so that's more of, like, an instant switch. And, you know, we were talking about this with Dr. Holland. Like, what happened? Did they starve him? No, he probably was, uh, you know, uh, experimenting with Tainted Utopium and, and Max Rager and went uh, instant full-on zombie mode. Uh, and... Uh, Maybe after you eat brains is when you finally calm down or de Romero or whatever. Well, Blaine is working on the other uh, energy drink. See, I was thinking that Dr. You mean Vaughn is. What did I say? Is it Blaine? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> See, Vaughn is working on the... Vonda Clark is working on the... Supermax. Supermax. Yeah. So that's what I figured happened to Dr... Yeah. Who? What's his name? Do- not Doctor Who. Doctor Holland. 
<laughs> Dr. Holland. Yeah. I figured Dr. Holland was um, experimenting with the uh, with the Supermax. I thought that had, that had something to do with Dr. Holland. Well, he, had a, he had a job. He had to figure out what that secret, that terrible ingredient in the Max Ranger was that turned people into uh, you know freaking crazy people. But um, yeah, know. like there's going to be with Supermax. There's going to be different zombies. That's See, what I think that's the thing we we were we made up on the show. I think that's what we've made up while we're talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> we just jumped to a conclusion. I think you know uh, what 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 Lou's saying is that I think he says it later on in this uh, that the supermax is probably what what Vaughn wants after he wants all the zombie stuff out of there and then has has supermax. So. I don't know. So Holland either either was experimenting, or maybe he was experimenting on another person, and then that person scratched him. Um, but it's like it seems that when you become a zombie through the tainted utopium and Max Rager, the clock's kind of ticking. You need brains, and you are crazy for them. Um, that happened with the boat party. Um, with Blaine and Marcy, and uh, if you remember the Lannister rat party, uh, <laughs> yeah. also was a lot of a lot of carnage in a very short time. But it seems that um, if you're scratched, like Liv, like Major, like Sebastian, um, you want brains, but you're not like freaking out full on zombie mode. I don't know. That's just what I'm thinking. So I'm like wondering if like was he was he did he. Go full on zombie. Doctor Holland go full on zombie by Max Rager and Tainted Utopian. Or was he scratched and he's you know slowly over those three months turned into a crazy person because he was yeah. And was Vaughn using him? Was he just storing him down there to be like a weapon? Yeah, I don't know. Or he just discovered that he like he intercom down. He's like, hey, how's things going? And it just heard in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll just lock the doors. Um, Lou continues. Both Liv and Blaine get visions. Lowell was infected by brain too. Uh, brain Blaine too. He got visions, but he admitted he wasn't trying to solve crimes and did his best to ignore them. And his personality was affected by the gay brain he ate. Sebastian hasn't admitted to getting visions, but after he ate Aunt Edna, he liked to cook and was pretty good at it. So we can assume he got them too. So I think he's trying to talk about like. Uh, you know, we were trying to figure out, do all zombies get visions or is it just live? And, uh, I mean, I looked at some transcripts. <clears throat> and, uh, I mean, the first thing that the, the brains give people personality quotes. And there's quirks. And there's definitely evidence uh, supporting that. I mean, Lowell with the, the gay brain and Sebastian is Aunt Edna, like Lou said. And uh, Blaine, he said, uh, he told Jackie that he was bringing her some brains that are going to make her feel like a teenager again. So that is definitely universal. All zombies get personality quirks from the the brains. But the visions. um, Blaine doesn't seem to talk about the visions ever. But um, I noticed in the transcripts that when he and Liv first meet, she says she saw him in a vision. And he doesn't even ask her about that. He just accepts it. Right. <laughs> so maybe he knows. Maybe he just ignores them. And Lowell, Lowell uh, said he ignores visions. Uh, said, sorry, Lowell, past tense. Um, 
as well as uh, that executive who wanted the visions of the astronauts. So it must be that all zombies get visions, too. I mean, the evidence is there. Um, And unfortunately, it's just so easy to forget about because no one but Liv actively talks about visions or acts out of character. Like, he never... So Lowell said that he ignores the visions? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So maybe that... Like, he said he was getting visions of, like, teenage runaways, and he just kind of didn't... He just put kept his mind off or whatever. He didn't, didn't pay attention to it. That's true. Yeah. So maybe because Liv is more open to it, she um, wants the visions. Like I keep, we keep talking about how maybe Liv is special in some way, but yeah. maybe she's, maybe she's not. It's just that the show is not focusing on, like you don't see Blaine suddenly acting like, like a cowboy or whatever, you know, or, uh, or you see Blaine like getting a vision or anything, you know, it's just, right. uh, and 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 the thing is, like, he's the only zombie we can really go to for that kind of stuff because he's the only other zombie that's actively featured on this show. And uh, I just Lowell didn't talk about that. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, Lowell, Lowell, sorry. He ate a brain. Wasn't he gay for a little while? Yeah, he gets the gay brain. Okay, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He talked about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he gets his personality quirks. But it's like I said, it's just you know. I apologize, Lou, and anybody else uh, who might hear me theorizing about different kinds of zombies and different, like how special Liv is compared to other zombies. It, the evidence definitely is there. It's just not not like on a weekly basis, like with Liv. So I don't know. Um. And I, I also outlined one more paragraph in uh, Lou's uh, uh, email, and, I'll, and we'll m- move on after that. Um, he said, you guys also seem mystified by uh, DeClark's motivation. He admits what it is. He wants to be rich enough to buy a jet, an island, and get his face on a stamp. He thinks Supermax, which will eliminate the need for sleep, will be the ticket. He just has to make sure to eliminate the side effect that Max Rager has of making people go into murderous rages. I don't think he knows that Max Rager has to be combined with Utopium to make zombies. I think he thinks zombies are a side effect of Max. And that's true. Yeah, that's something to definitely keep in mind. Um, Just for some reason, I... I was thinking that Supermax might cause zombieism too, and I, I looked back at the transcripts again to see where I got this idea from, and uh, there's this line in Grumpy Old Live where Vaughn says uh, he can't guarantee to the board that the side effect will be taken out of Supermax, but he can guarantee they'll all be rich. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, that cocky line made me think, uh, well, maybe he's not too concerned about the ingredient being taken out of Supermax, but I guess maybe he just is. He's just cocky. Um... And uh, so, yeah, I'm just hoping that Vaughn hires another research scientist to look into uh, the the whole thing. I'm sure he's going to. And, uh, you know, since Dr. Holland is pretty much useless now, unless maybe they give Holland brains and he turns down from the Romero zombie that he is back to a regular doctor guy. I don't know. But I wrote, like, as I was writing this reaction, I was thinking I had a crackpot theory come out of nowhere. And uh, as if I had a vision, um, <laughs> I'm thinking that perhaps Vaughn might catch wind that Ravi is working on the cure and uh, kidnaps him to solve the Max Rager problem. <laughs> Locks him down in the sublevel, gives him a lab, and says, "Figure it out, or you're dead." Oh yeah, that probably will happen. Right, but he doesn't know about that tainted, tainted utopian. Um, 
And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, lots of stuff to consider, lots of stuff to theorize about. I won't bust our brains anymore. We gotta end the show. Um, Lou says, thanks for the, thank, uh, keep up the good work. And thank you very much, Lou. And thank you, Corey. You had a similar email you sent as well, talking about the, what makes a zombie. Appreciate that. And, uh, folks, if you think we got something wrong or you just want to give your point of view on a question we're pondering on the show, please email us, izombiepodcast at gmail.com. And I just want to remind people, like, we're not experts. We're not going to pretend to be experts. We're like fans. We love the show. And uh, we might get things wrong every once in a while. <laughs> we just kind of do this as a hobby because we love it. And uh, me, I mean, I know I forget things here and there. I, I have a terrible memory. <laughs> That's why I take a lot of notes. <laughs> well, it's better than mine. Do you remember? I, did I tell you about the day that I left my car running at work? <laughs> no. When I got off work, I couldn't find my keys. <laughs> you left it running for eight hours? Is that, is that what you're saying? I got to work at 1230. <laughs> or was I got it at 12 hours? At 11. Oh, my God. Was it still running? No, I think at 630 when the, when the other shift came in. <laughs> so I think it ran from 1230 to 630. <laughs> Uh, awesome well great uh well that's a good story to end on i just want to remind everybody you know this is your show as much as it is ours so um please you know if you have any sort of like a great theory or whatever uh or you think maybe uh you want to steer us off in the direction of of something you'd like to hear discussed please email us zombiepodcast at gmail.com anything else guys I think that's it. Thanks, Will. Thank you, Will. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Um, Did you want to plug anything before you go? (laughs) Sure. Um, You can hear me on Down Below, which is a podcast about Babylon 5. Also, What We Make, which is about all things Terminator. And also, the Sensate podcast about the Netflix show Sensate, which is awesome. Please watch Sensate, people. I mean, you had your chance with Sarah Connor. You had your chance with Babylon 5. But, oh my God, get on the Sensate train. It is such a good show. It's so great. It's so funny. I just watched uh, Jupiter Ascending and it had some of the Sensate uh, actors on it. And Cloud Atlas does, too. Oh, yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you very much uh, for uh, joining us, and I'm sorry for the extended feedback section. <laughs> 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 uh, Steph, anything else? I think that's it. All right, well, Will, Steph, thank you for doing podcast with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess it's time to let you go. Wait a minute. Actually, I know there's a much better way to say that. So uh, go ahead, Liv. There's only nightmares ahead of us and sweet dreams long ago. It's time to wake up, baby. It's time I let you go. Oh, 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 oh. I've got to let you go. Zombie Podcast with Robin and Steph is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it all you like as long as you link back to us. 
but please do not change it or sell it or trade it for brains unless you're going to give us some. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Thank you for listening to our show. Obligatory contact information in three, two, one, go. You can follow me on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow me as well at L. Robinero. If you like what we do, check out our other podcast about the Joss Whedon show, Angel Redemption Cast. Find us at redemptioncast.blogspot.com. I also have a third podcast all about the Marvel Netflix television series. The Defenders Podcast. Find that at DefendersPod.com. Like us on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash iZombiePodcast. Join our Facebook discussion group, Facebook.com slash groups slash iZombiePodcast. You can find those links and more on our home on the web, iZombiePodcast.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Use those delicious cerebellums and make sure you leave it on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're out. Brain Appetit!